Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Thanks for joining me today. I am going to be answering all of your questions and giving you a full update now that the twins are home. If you missed that announcement, uh, let's see, they've been home for about a week and a half as of when this will air. They came home on the same day, just a couple of days after their due date. So we were really excited about that. And um, you guys had a lot of questions uh, in terms of like how they are doing and their health and uh, navigating goals when you're really tired and what my strategies are. We're going to talk about it all. Lots of questions. Before we get into it, though, I want to share what we're giving away today. Two things that I cannot live without. They are literally go-tos every single day. GBX Protein, a super, super clean and delicious and creamy protein powder that I use for protein shakes. Chris uses it for protein shakes. Roman loves them. I also add it to yogurt. Um, I just, I love it and I think it's amazing. And then Mood Plus, which I've talked about many times before. All natural adaptogen just helps your body adapt to stress so that everything isn't being a five alarm fire. You know how some days like little things just make you grit your teeth and lose your mind. And you're like, why am I getting so flustered over this? Big things and small things, it improves our stress response. So GBX Protein Mood Plus, giving those two things away to one lucky winner who has left a review of this podcast recently. So that's all you got to do to win. We do this every Saturday and through the end of the year, I'm giving away two things every Saturday. Just leave a review of the podcast and whatever platform you listen, Audible, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, you name it. Okay, I'll announce the winner at the end of the episode, so don't miss that. Oh, and if you hear a weird, like, humming, buzzing noise, let's see if I can get closer to it. Hear that? Yeah, that's my breast pump. (laughs) Don't worry, I'm not going to be that close to it for the entire episode, just wanted to... If you hear that in the faint background, it's because I'm pumping, because... With two kids that have to be fed and an 18-month-old and we have to eat too and diaper changes and sleeping and naps and cuddling and rocking and working and laundry, I have to pump while I do the podcast. Otherwise, one of those two things wouldn't happen. And they both got to happen. All right. So somebody asked me, given that I am tired, I am absolutely tired, how do I avoid turning to sugar for that quick energy fix? And 
the fact of the matter is, I know that I have less energy when I eat poorly. And I've talked about this before uh, with regards to energy, but also with regards to things like stress uh, and hard times in life. There is no doubt in my mind that I am more sluggish, more lethargic, moodier when I eat poorly than when I eat well. So there is a very high incentive for me to eat well when I'm very tired because I know that it makes me have more energy. And if I'm eating a lot of the sugar and the carbs and that sort of stuff, I have less energy and I don't have time for that. I really, really don't. That helps me so much. Now, that's not to say that you're just feeling like you've hit the wall, it's two in the afternoon, and there's Swedish fish. Can you convince yourself that you'll feel more energy if you eat those? Yeah, absolutely. You will for 30 or 40 minutes, but after that, it's going to get worse. And I have made that choice to say yes to the sugar or the crappy carbs so many times that I know For me, it is about staying connected to the whole truth, not just this convenient permissive corner of the truth that says, oh, well, if I have that sugar, I'm going to feel better. I need it. It's something I heard a ton in the NICU that like, you know, a parent would bring in cookies or brownies or donuts. And hey, I was that parent sometimes because I know they appreciate it. And they would say like, I need this today. I'm super tired or I'm going to save this till three o'clock when I crash. And I get it because it is true for a very, very short period of time. But we have to look at the big picture. I think about it like this. This is a terrible, terrible analogy, but hopefully it'll it'll bring the point home. And you probably don't even need the analogy. But it's like, let's say you have a flat tire and you're like, I just need this to be round. If it's round, I can drive on it. So I might as well pour cement in it. And then, you know, it's going to be even hardier than it was when it was just air. I mean, geez, that's a lot more stable, right? That's less likely to give me problems. So yes, you've created a round thing. And in doing so, you've actually created a bigger problem, right? Because now you have one cement tire, you have a bigger problem. Yes, you have a round surface, but you also have a bigger problem. And that is how I think about turning to sugar when you're really low energy. Sure, You've created something that is a distraction for 30 minutes, but you've also created a bigger problem. I know that when my energy is low, that's the most important time for me to eat well. Does it mean that I do it 1,000% of the time? No. But I actually think that the worse I feel, like the more tired I am, the more driven I am to eat really well because I know that's going to make a positive impact. And I can't get more sleep right now. Like I have newborn twins and an 18-month-old and a couple of businesses and a nonprofit, not to mention just all the other normal things in life. I I, I can't sleep more. I can't be like, oh, well, girls, you're on your own tonight. I'm, I'm not going to do overnight feedings. Like more sleep is not an option for me right now. So eating better is an option. That is on the table. That is something I have control over. It is something I can do. So that's an easy one. Um, somebody asked, how is Roman adjusting? What does he think of his sisters? To bring everybody up to speed, the twins were in the NICU for 93 days and Roman could not meet them until they were discharged because 
nobody under the age of 18 is allowed in the NICU, which makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. So Roman did not meet them until day 93 when we brought them home. When I was in the NICU with the girls or when Chris was in there, I would FaceTime him every single day. I had a, a routine and when usually when Roman was eating breakfast or right after breakfast, um, Chris and I would FaceTime and Roman would see the girls and I would say like, these are your sisters. This is Charlie. This is Piper. And when on FaceTime, he'd be very excited. You know, as soon as I would get on FaceTime and I was usually holding one of the girls, he would be like, Piper, Piper. Piper's easier to say. He can say Charlie too, but he would default to that. And he was very excited. So when we brought them home, my mom was at the house with Roman when we went up to get the girls and drive them home. And when we got home, he was down for a nap, which was great because they both needed to eat. And so I didn't feel like rushed in anything. But when he came down from his nap, he lit up like a Christmas tree. He was so excited. He just immediately was drawn to them. And he had the biggest grin on his face. And he pointed to Piper and was like, Piper. Now, he could have easily pointed to Charlie and said that. But he actually got it right, which I think was just a coincidence. Um, and he was really, really excited. And, and even the next morning when he woke up in the morning and he came downstairs and the girls were in the living room, he was really excited. And like, that's kind of where the excitement stopped. <laughs> he's, he's not mad about it. He's not, you know, pouty or upset or whatever, but he's just like going about life and pretty much ignoring them. He is jealous of some of their stuff, like bottles. So Roman did not want to give up a bottle. We basically had to force him into a sippy cup at some point because he was biting the nipples off of his bottles that he would have milk in. And, uh, so when he saw that the twins have bottles, he, you know, went after the bottles and he still is pretty interested in the bottles and their swings. He has been getting in their swings uh, when they're not in them. And once he did try to get in when one of the girls was in it. Um, and so he's definitely showing signs of like wanting to demonstrate that like he's the top dog. Um but I think he's adjusting just fine. Like, he's happy. He, we make sure to spend one-on-one -on -one time with him every single day. Um, we talk to the girls about him in front of him. Um, you know, he's young, though. He just turned 18 months. He's definitely too young for any of those, like, helper roles. And honestly, even if he would respond to some of that helper stuff, and he doesn't, so it doesn't really matter. But in my mind, even if he did... I wouldn't want to do it because I don't want him to feel like they're a chore for him. Like now all of a sudden he has responsibilities. I get it. Big brother, blah, blah, blah. But he's still like a kid. He's still a baby himself. Um, so we're just letting him do his thing and uh, making a point to spend one-on-one -on -one time with him. And it's all very normal and it's all very typical. He'll, he'll come around. He'll be fine. Um, he did give one of the girls a kiss for the first time the other day. So that was a big step. I think he's doing just fine. Somebody asked, what's my routine like? What is my day in the life routine? And I'm not sure you can have much of a routine with twins that have only been home for a week. Um, but, you know, now that I say that, we, we kind of do have a routine. Somebody else asked, uh, I'll share it in a second, but somebody else asked if they were on a schedule in the NICU. And I would bet that every baby in the NICU is on a schedule because the nurses are on a schedule, right? So the babies in the NICU are essentially forced on a schedule so that care is consistent and 
measurable and can be tracked. Because if if they were not forced into a routine in the NICU, then one nurse might, you know, feed and change them every two hours and another nurse feeds and changes them every three hours and another nurse feeds and changes them every four hours and you never can really trust patterns and trends and identify problems. So for those reasons and many other reasons, all babies are quote, on a schedule in the NICU, but there's something that makes it possible in the NICU that's very, very different at home. And for us, one of the big things was they had feeding tubes. So if we offered them a bottle and they weren't interested in eating it because they were too sleepy or they just weren't latching, they'd run it through the tube. You know, the nurse would just say, we're going to hang it. And it's different at home. They don't have a feeding tube. So, you know, if we... they they were on an 81125 schedule in the NICU, which basically means cares and and feedings at 81125 a.m. and p.m. every three hours. Well, at home, you can try and offer them a bottle at eight, but if they don't want it, they're not going to take it and you're just not going to wait until 11. And you're also not going to hang a tube feeding. So um, they were on a schedule in the NICU. They're not you know, it's just not that easy to keep them on a schedule when they're at home. Um, but they're probably more on a schedule than if they had been born full term and come home. As for day in the life. So Chris and I have been splitting the evenings and he takes the first evening shift and I take the second, which essentially means my day starts at 2 a.m. Well, 1.50. So my alarm goes off at 1.50 in the morning and I go downstairs and take my shift with the girls. Um, and that's just feeding them, burping them, holding them upright. They have reflux, uh, as most premature, many premature babies do. And then getting them back to sleep and then starting with the other one. Diapers, all that kind of stuff. Changing their clothes, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I kind of just lay low, chill with them. I'm not on my laptop or anything because I don't necessarily want to be in work mode at, you know, two in the morning. Uh, so it's just baby snuggling care time uh, until uh, I would say like six when I'll make a cup of coffee, get some water, pump. Um, the girls eat every three hours. So it's three hours Every three hours times two, because there's two of them. And I also pump every three hours. So there's, I feel like I'm always either feeding Piper or feeding Charlie or pumping. Um, and if I'm not, then I'm like trying to squeeze in time to eat or fold laundry or play with Roman. Um, but I try to get up, get myself a cup of coffee and pump before Roman wakes up. I try to start his breakfast, start cooking his breakfast before he gets up whether that's bacon and eggs or sometimes it's simpler like yogurt, sometimes it's pancakes, but I try to get a head start on that. That's a huge help for me. Um, and then it really is just like bouncing back and forth all day long between who needs to be fed, Piper Charlie uh, or Roman, and like getting them settled. And I really try hard to have like designated playtime with Roman where I'm sitting on the floor playing with his trucks. Um, I try to be the one to put him down for his nap in the afternoon and at bedtime just because I more so than Chris end up 
kind of being more engaged with the twins during the day. So I try to make sure that I have that time with Roman. And then, you know, if we go outside to play together, just the two of us, or we, um, you know, go to the grocery store together. Um, but the day in a life routine is literally feed, change somebody. <laughs> and if I'm not doing that, I'm pumping or I'm washing bottles. Uh, and then that's literally all day. And then I put Roman to bed around seven, at which point Chris is kind of on with the twins until 1.50 in the morning. So at seven, I'm putting Roman down. I'm usually done with that around 7.30, 7.45. That's when I start to work. That's what I'm doing right now. It's 7.40 p.m. Um, so I'll work and pump for anywhere from an hour to three hours. So that has me going to bed between like, you know, 8 and 11 and getting up at 1.50. So glamorous, right? <laughs> it's not glamorous, but it is very fulfilling, at least for now. So that's kind of what it looks like. I know that just sounds like a lot of the same over and over because it is, because it is. I don't nap with Roman. Um, sometimes I might fall asleep if the girls are both asleep in their bassinets at, you know, three in the morning. I might sleep, but not for more than like 45 minutes or so because somebody has to be fed. Um, Okay. Let's see. I try to shower when the girls are sleeping. I've been making a point to shower every day, which sounds so silly, but I didn't do that when Roman was an infant. I just held him all the time. So I make a point to shower every day. Let's see here. How are you managing your days? Somebody wants to know how I am managing my days. Well, there's like the time component of it. And then there's the mindset component of it. And I think they're equally important. Maybe, and actually, no, mindset's probably more important. The time management piece of it is really about using my time wisely. I posted something in the Primal Potential Facebook group about this, how I have, to be perfectly frank, I have been very impressed by how much I'm getting done, even though it is literally nonstop, almost 24 hours a day. And I think about the cliche, like if you want to get something done, ask a busy person because busy people tend to just fit more things in than people who um, have time to sit around and watch TV and nothing wrong with that. I've been that person for sure. But I was joking to Chris today, I've been more on top of laundry since the twins were born than like in the last four years. <laughs> I mean, it's been crazy, but I think it's because I know how precious the time is. I've been more on top of dishes. Things haven't accumulated in the sink even for an hour. I've been more on top of laundry. It's all getting folded and put away every day. I've never been that person. And I think it's just because of how much is on my plate. And that comes down to using time wisely. If Roman is having independent playtime, which is super, super important. If he's playing really well by himself, I don't want to sit down and be like, hey, buddy, let's play together. I want him to have that time. Uh, I play with him when he's when he's not doing it well by himself. So if he's contently playing by himself and the girls are sleeping or Chris is doing something with them, I'm going to use that time to 
not only pump, but to fold laundry while I pump. I'm not going to pump and sit there and watch TV or be on my phone. I'm going to pump and I'm going to wash bottles. I'm going to pump and I'm going to work. I'm going to use that time super wisely. And and I've just, you know, the more scarce your time is, I think the bigger an opportunity it is for that. So using time wisely is the one thing. But even more important than that is mindset. It is very easy to feel like, oh my gosh, there's not enough time. But when I feel that way, I remind myself, listen, if there's not time to do the dishes today, who gives a shit? They're dishes. That is not worth stress. I was messaging with one of my friends the other day, and she was asking how things were going. And I said, you know, I just realized that I don't have any desire for perspectives that stress me out. So if, oh my gosh, there's, you know, uh, six phone calls I need to make and I'm so stressed that I haven't had a quiet moment to make those phone calls, then like, look, the phone calls don't get made. They're not phone calls that are going to like save somebody's life or take somebody's life. They're not that urgent. They're just things on my list that, you know what, if they don't happen, they don't happen. I'm not here for any perspective that stresses me out. There's just too much going on. So while I say I've been totally on top of the laundry, I have been, I think part of that is because I haven't been stressed about it. Because I know that if I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, there's so much laundry and it's and it's making me anxious or something, I need a different perspective on it. If my perspective on the laundry or the dishes or the work or the phone calls or the this or the that, if it's stressing me out, I need a new perspective. And the same thing is true when all three kids are crying at once which can be really overwhelming. But I challenge myself to say, if I am seeing it through a lens that causes me stress, I need to choose a different lens. How can I see it differently so that it doesn't cause me stress? And that's been a huge way of of managing my days when things are really crazy. Okay, this is an interesting question. Somebody asked if the twins are going to be able to have a normal life. And I think they included some sort of caveat like, I don't mean this to come across as rude, but are they going to be able to have a normal life? And the first thing that came to my mind was, I sure as hell hope not. I sure as hell hope they don't have a normal life. And I don't want a normal life for Roman. And I don't want a normal life for myself because normal is stressed out, priorities out of whack, overweight, unable to do pull-ups, right? I mean, normal, average, like I, I don't want normal for them. I really, 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 really don't want normal for them or for me or for any child that I ever bear. Full stop. I sure damn hope not. Um, but I think what this person probably meant was, do they have any known health issues, right? And like the big picture answer to that is no. Now, they were extremely premature, so they are immunocompromised. We have to be very careful about exposing them to germs um, while they're still so young and fragile. Uh, they were very, very, very sick when they were born. And uh, a lot of that was respiratory type illnesses. So we just have to be really careful to keep them as free from exposure to to viruses and things like that as possible. However, the other side of that is I very, very firmly believe that we need exposure to a variety of things because that's how we build our immune system. So we have to find that balance of, 
uh, being responsible and keeping them safe, but also not treating them like bubble kids because then they have no immune system, right? If they're not exposed to anything, then they can't develop their response to those things. Uh, so that's something we'll keep in mind. But uh, they do not have any known cognitive deficits. Of course, they're freaking three months old and they're like a week and a half, two weeks adjusted. So you know, there's a lot we don't know. But on their MRIs, they have all shown to be very normal in terms of brain development. Um, their vision screens have gone really well. Their hearing screens have gone really well. They will be followed by the early intervention kind of NICU graduation clinic until they're three years old. Just because, you know, where a typical baby might be sitting up at six months old, when they're six months old, they're really only three months old developmentally. So we would just want to keep an eye on milestones. They will come slower for them just because their adjusted age is how old they would be if they were born when they were due. So we just have to keep an eye on those. But um, to the normal question, I sure damn hope they don't have a normal life. Somebody else asked, are they on apnea monitors? And the answer is no. Uh, for those of you that don't know what an apnea monitor is, it's basically just like monitoring their breathing to sound an alarm if they stop breathing. They're not on any monitors. They're not on, they literally just came home in their diapers, right? They don't have feeding tubes. They don't have oxygen. They're not on any type of monitoring. And we are super, super, super fortunate in that regard. Um, as for as sick as they were, when they were born and as premature as they were, they were 13 weeks early, born in the second trimester. Um, we are just really, really grateful. They do have a ton of doctor's appointments, though. Uh, just today we had a meeting with their feeding team that follows them from the hospital just to make sure that they're eating well and they're growing appropriately. Uh, we have a visiting nurse that comes out twice a week just to check on them for probably the first few months of their life. She, too, is there to, like, monitor their growth primarily uh, and their body temp and things like that. We had a vision appointment today. We have a pediatrician appointment tomorrow. Um, there's just a lot of appointments. They go in for another swallow study in a few weeks. So lots of appointments, but we're really, really blessed in how they're doing. Somebody asked, how am I meal planning? Oh, guys, I am the simplest of all simpletons when it comes to meal planning. And what I mean by that is um, there are some staples that we really love, some staple meals that we really love. I'm going to take my milk off of the little pump here so you might hear a squeak. Um, sorry about that. There are some staple meals that we really love, and I tend to just prep those because more often than not, when I branch out and do something new, it just, we don't end up reheating it or it doesn't reheat well or we're not really into it. So plus we don't mind eating the same things a lot. One thing, two things, at least in the winter months that I prep a lot of are spaghetti squash um, and chili and really a third, I guess, because it goes with the spaghetti squash is like ground meat. So ground beef, ground bison, ground pork, I'll keep a lot of that on hand because I don't mind eating that just as is, but I can also throw it on top of a salad. I can put it on top of spaghetti squash. I can make it up in a million different ways for Roman, you know, if he has regular spaghetti or he loves spaghetti squash or, you know, any number of things, I make that available. And then at this time of year, I love to do like a triple or quadruple batch of chili without beans. Uh, so to me, that just means roasted tomatoes, a couple of different varieties of beef, 
I put carrots in my chili and then a whole bunch of spices. And I will sometimes just eat that plain. Sometimes I put it over cauliflower rice. Sometimes I put it over regular rice. Sometimes Chris puts it over a potato. I'm not a big potato fan. Um, Sometimes we'll put it over spaghetti squash. There's so many different things we can do with it. And uh, it's really great. I also, and this is a winter thing as well, have started roasting huge trays of carrots and parsnips. Carrots are great because they're naturally sweet. And parsnips are great because they're naturally spicy and not hot spicy, but like gingery, peppery spicy. They're a fantastic combination. I'll eat those plain by themselves. Or tonight, I put chili over it. So instead of Chris will put chili over a big bowl of rice or something, I put the chili over a big bowl of carrots and parsnips, and it was so hearty and so filling and delicious. So I'm just prepping those staples that I know we will eat, that I know we can come up with ideas for Roman with, and that's that's kind of what I do. And then the other thing that I make sure to have on hand, always make sure we have frozen broccoli, because we can have that with anything, and steaks, because a couple of nights a week we'll do steaks. And that's just easy, no prep, throw them on the grill, that sort of thing. How are you reprioritizing now that you're home? (laughs) You know, the kids are really the priority right now. I mean, I'm prioritizing my health in that I don't have any crap in the house, like crap food. I am making an effort to either meal prep or cook dinner every night. That is a thing. If my mom's here in the afternoon, sometimes I'll have Chris be with Roman and my mom will watch the twins and watch just means like, you know, pick them up if they start screaming, but they're pretty content if they're napping at this age, they sleep a lot, you know? Um, And so I'm prioritizing that like dinner dinner is going to be really healthy. Lunch is super easy because it's leftovers. And breakfast for us is super easy because we do protein shakes or eggs. So breakfast and lunch, so easy as long as I do dinner. So that's the real only priority other than the kids. Time with Roman one-on-one, making him feel special, taking great care of the girls. Those are the priorities. And then eating healthy. That's that's really it. Everything else is a bonus. I do work for a little bit every evening, seven days a week after Roman goes to bed, but sometimes it's for like 30 minutes. Other times it's for two or three hours, but I haven't had an eight-hour workday and I, I couldn't even tell you. I couldn't even tell you how long it's been. And I miss that. I miss the the pleasure that I get from work. I miss the feeling of satisfaction that I get from work that's unique, that I, you know, it's a different kind of satisfaction when you have a full day with parenting or something. Um, I miss that, but it's just not the season, you know? It's, it's just not the season. And the season will come. It's going to be here. It's not like I'm never going to work an eight-hour day in my life, but uh, that just got dropped. It is still a priority. It's just not a top priority. So it gets less time and it gets less effort. And I also take it day by day. I don't have rigid plans. I've needed to make a phone call about health insurance for like two weeks now, and it hasn't happened yet. But again, I'm not here for any perspective that makes me feel stressed out. So while it's still on my list and I need to do it in the next few days, if it's not today, it's not today. You know, I want to get a podcast recorded, but if it's not today, it's not today. 
I want to get out and spend time in the gym because we, we bought a bunch of gym equipment to put in the office that's on our property. It's a separate building, but it's right by the house. And I keep thinking that's going to be a great thing for me and Roman to do, to get out there and he can play out there with me in a contained space where I can have eyes on him. So I know he's safe and I can, you know, get in a workout, even if it's a lame short one. And it just, it didn't happen today. And that's okay. It's not a big deal. As long as I'm eating healthy and I'm taking really great care of the kids, that's, that's it right now. You know, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with them. I'm bonding with them. I'm doing that. There are a hundred million things that I would also like to do with my time, but like, it's just not going to happen today. You know? All right. Let's announce who is winning today. It is the GBX Protein and Mood Plus. No matter where in the world you live, I will mail it to you. Uh, it's on me. It's my treat. And all you got to do is leave a review of the podcast. The winner today is Aline B12. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Aline, Aline, A-L-I-N-E, B12. Thank you for listening and for your review. Email me, Elizabeth, at primalpotential.com. Tell me that you were the winner for 1038 and include your mailing address. And I will get it out to you soon as I hear from you, as long as it's within 60 days of this episode airing. And if you want to win next week, just leave a review of the show. Even if you already have, you can leave a review specific to this episode or any other episode. It doesn't have to be just an overall show review. All right. We'll be back to our normal, not focused on me programming <laughs> on Monday and certainly next Saturday, but just wanted to give you guys an update and also say thank you for all of the prayers, all of the support, all of the well wishes. It certainly has been a damn wild ride since even before the girls were born. And you guys have been so loving and supportive and your prayers mean so much to us. So keep them coming. God knows we need it. But I am very, very grateful. And I just was eager to give you guys the update of uh, how everything was going here at home. Talk to you guys soon. Take care. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.